Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Week in Markets. I am Richard Tang, the China strategist for Julius Baer. The Chinese market has rallied hard over the past two months. The Hang Seng Index gained over 40% from trough to peak, and even though A shares did not do as well, the onshore CSI 300 index still made a 15% gain. This is very, very strong outperformance given that the US market was largely flat over the same period. So we're focusing on China in this week's update. We will discuss why the market was strong, whether it will continue to be that strong, and what sectors may outperform in this setup. I'm sure most investors find the Chinese market very hard to navigate or sometimes annoying because it's often a roller coaster ride. It isn't really that long ago when offshore Chinese stocks were almost collapsing in September and October as the market was pricing in some extreme left-tail risk scenario at the time. But then it turned 180 degrees in November and December to stage one of the strongest rallies in history. So before we even start discussing the outlook of the market, I think the first question we should really ask ourselves is what really triggered that fierce turnaround? This rally in Chinese equities first started with a series of market rumors about reopening in the first week of November. And to be completely honest with ourselves, we were skeptical initially because they sounded too good to be true. But we changed our view to expect a year-end rally in the following week when the authority announced major loosening measures in the property sector. And that, in our view, signals a pivot in policies, a pivot in the pandemic strategy as well as a pivot in the property sector. And for the past 18 months, we've been waiting all along for a policy shift. And finally, this one seems to be a real change in stance. Also, these took place when the market was extremely oversold and trading at only eight times earnings, which is around historical low. So while the reopening and the property loosening catalyzed the rally, light positioning and cheap valuations have exacerbated the up moves. And we know that institutional investors were rushing to cover the short positions or to reduce the underweights in the market. Now, clearly, the reopening in China has caught a lot of investors by positive surprise because of the turn from zero COVID to reopening happened really fast. We've come across many skeptical investors who are mindful of the near-term disruptions in business and logistics as the country was climbing up the inflation curve fairly quickly. But it seems that the market is able to look through all the hiccups to pricing the eventual normalization of the economy, especially after Beijing and some other cities passed through their first peaks of cases a couple of weeks ago. Now, the next question that we have to ask is whether this rally has legs. Our answer is yes. The market may rise more, but with two caveats. First, we think stocks should consolidate the gains before the rally resumes. This rebound is largely valuation-led, and from eight times earnings, the market P valuation has already run close to the mid-cycle valuation of 11 to 12 times, so we think the easy gains are gone. Second, with a 15% gain in onshore and 40% in offshore market, it doesn't look like that the reopening optimism is now well-priced. So for the market to go up further, it has to be driven by something else, and we think that something else will be policy loosening. It's clear that the policy pendulum in China has once again swung away from reforms to back focusing on growth as we analyze the takeaways from the most recent Central Economic Working Conference. This conference happens annually in December and sets the direction of the economic work in the following year. Therefore, it's one of the most important events to monitor. Two years ago, back in December 2020, the conference brought up about preventing disorderly expansion of capital for the first time 
And then we saw a whole year of internet regulations that followed. In December 2021, it was about stability. But this latest one in December 2022 is about boosting growth and confidence. So it's very likely we'll see a policy shift in 2023. In fact, we've already seen some of the changes. In particular, the government has recently rolled out the so-called three arrows in the property sector. The first arrow is about relaxing loan financing to property developers. The second arrow about bond financing. And the third arrow is about equity financing. These three arrows are possibly the most comprehensive and powerful loosening measures in the property sector in the past few years, in our view. They basically mitigate the tightening impact from the three red line policy, which was the beginning of all the challenges that property developers were grappling over the past three years. To be clear, we're not saying that the three arrows will save every single struggling developer because as much as you can provide financing relief to them, they still need to be able to sell their homes to make money to eventually pay off the debt that they owe. And also, the three arrows are mostly supply-side meshes, while the demand side also needs to be addressed. Boosting home sales is a much tougher job because it relates to home buyers' confidence. And frankly, we're less convicted that cutting mortgage rates alone will get Chinese people to buy property again because of at least two reasons. First, after such a rapid buildup of the housing stock over the past decade, and the shantytown redevelopment in recent years, a large part of the housing demand in China has already been fulfilled. So any new home sales largely come down to upgrade demand, but upgrade demand is more influenced by the economic environment. Not to mention the fact that the demographics in China is weakening, so the country may not need that many homes going forward. Second, investment demand will also be smaller than before, Chinese people used to buy a home for potential price appreciation, not really the rental yield. And that's very different from the U.S. I think it's fair to say that most of them do not have this price expectation anymore after three years of difficult times. So we still need to monitor very closely for any signs of improvements in the monthly home sales numbers. After all, revenue is the ultimate source of financing. And currently, a base case is that there may now be more developers that survive this challenge, but the weakest ones may still default at the end. The property sector is not the only one that faces a more favorable policy landscape. There are welcoming changes in industry regulations as well, and we've seen a few favorable examples in the internet sector. And just a, just a couple months ago, the Chinese regulators resumed its approval for new online games after around a year of suspension. And of course, investors took that as a policy sign. And I'll give two other examples to you. The internet giants have recently formed joint ventures or strategic alliances with the state-owned telecom companies to collaborate on cloud services. And this also was seen as government giving them another green light. So I think what encourages investors the most is also the change in narrative by the government. Unlike the past two years, policymakers no longer emphasize antitrust as their top priority. But it now encourages platform companies to play an important role in providing jobs and take the lead in international competition. Now, I'm sure some of you may ask, what happens to all these long-term policies that global investors were worrying about? Are they not coming back at all? Uh, no. A lot of the long-term reform work is still being done on the background, so we will eventually hear from the government on common prosperity, on how to prevent the illegal accumulation of wealth, on property tax, etc., etc., but equally, I think Beijing is aware that a lot of these reforms are for the country's benefits over the long term, even though growth negative in the short term. So the economic pain now leaves very little room for reforms to press on. Or if we put it differently, 
the timeline of long-term policies may be delayed until the economy shows more signs of recovery. And it is exactly this breathing room that the market is rallying on. So here we have to be clear about the cyclical aspect and the structural arguments in China. We think that Chinese equities will rally further on cyclical improvements, but once the economy is back to its normal strength, we will very likely see the structural reforms again. And in other words, the bad news of pool macro right now is actually good news from market perspective. We think that monitoring the PMI and the inflation data will help us gauge the inflection point of this policy cycle. When economic data points are strong again, investors may expect long-term reform coming back and then the market could return to a fat and flat trading range. So if we take this market view into consideration, our sector allocation advocates mostly value and cyclical sectors to start the year of 2023, and they include internet, consumption, financials, and to a lesser extent, software. We think probably will also outperform, although its extreme volatility may not fit every single investor. And then at some point of time in this year, when the market refocuses on the long-term policy direction of the country, leadership will shift to secular growth stories in environment, mass consumption, and smart manufacturing themes that we've been talking about repeatedly. Now, we've pretty much summarized our views on the China market, and this is the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening, and do stay tuned for the update next week. Goodbye for now. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.